listening to The Regular Show with your host, Greg Boyer. What is up, everybody? It is episode 67 of The Regular Show. Whoop, whoop. Um, today I've got a very special guest with me that I keep bringing on the show because I'm an annoying asshole. It's Brendan. What's going on, Brendan? Hey guys, hey, it's me, it's Brendan. Remember Brendan? And, uh, of course, because it's episode 67, we're gonna do, uh, our favorite songs from 1971. Yeah. That's right, The Connection. The Connection. The French Connection. Alrighty. That's, All a, right. that's a movie that came out. Alright. So anyways, um, Brendan, Brendan, how you doing? You had some burgers today? Oh yeah, I had a, had a couple. Today was a big burger day for you. Big B, BBD, BBD for BRB. Oh yeah. That's right. Yeah, a little bit of BBC, alright. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah dude, like I'll tell you man, when I think of 1971 I think of cheeseburgers, um, or maybe that was um, LSD. No, I'm good. Yeah. Hey, what's the difference? Yeah. Right. According to Family Guy, there is none. Um, I don't know. Anything you want to talk about before we jump in? Eh, you know, eh, it's uh, rain today. Yeah, dude. Fucking skies opened up and pissed all over us today. It's a pain in the balls driving, but uh, hey, we made it, and here we are. It's the only person I'll let piss on me is the sky. Oh yeah. It's a person, you know. Alrighty. Um, oh yeah. Shout out to the Sour Patch Kids. I don't know if you guys have uh, noticed, they are selling red, white, and blue um, Sour Patch Kids. They're fucking fantastic. Uh, go look for the bags if you can. They're big white bags. They're like five bucks usually. Um, they're the three best kinds as far as I'm concerned. But I'm just yeah. rambling on at that point. Hey, you know, the, the, the red, the white, and the blue Sour Patch Kids, you know, we've all seen a lot of a lot of the white Sour Patch Kids, you know, it's a freaking, I don't know. Well, they're um, lemonade, so. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, we gotta, gotta have that then. Yeah. Right. But, uh, you know, America, so. Yeah, dude, and they brought back Pepsi Blue, which, uh, dude, it's like, this is the best time to get diabetes. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, so how are you guys doing? I know that I can't hear what you're saying right now, so that's just me yeah. being funny. But, uh, oh, yeah. yeah. The Gregheads yeah. appreciate it. Shout out to all the Gregheads. Thanks for listening. Um, um, or if it was last week, shout out to the one Greghead. <laughs> no, nah, it's yeah. terrible. Mm-hmm. terrible. Man, but, hey, that, that last week was a banger. Yeah, last week's fucking... You know, if you guys have not listened to 1970 yet... Check that episode out, because Brian and I went balls to the wall with the comedy. I expended all my creative juices talking about penises on that one, or whatever we did. Yeah, a lot of cock talk. Um, so I do apologize if uh, if we are not funny this week, but... Uh, no, I... No, we will be. We're the funniest motherfuckers on the planet. Alright, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Hey, it's a top, top two billion, at least. Oh, yeah. Easily. Um, Brennan, you know what... Uh, there were some movies. Oh, yeah. There were some movies that came out in 1971. There were a couple. Um, yeah. At least. Uh, at least two. At least. 
So, what are your favorite movies from 1971? You know, my uh, my personal personal favorite. Watched it about a year ago. Uh, a Clockwork Orange. Yeah, it's a fucked uh, up movie. Man. It's a freaking wiggity whacked out movie. There's uh, a, a series of, of bad things committed uh, that that don't bear a huge amount of repeating by the main character who we the so much call the protagonist. As you know, they're kind of doing objectively bad stuff. Right. We see things from a perspective, all on him. Yeah. And and it doesn't help his case whatsoever. All right. Um, and as the movie goes on, you know, he he gets his share of of the comeuppances here and there that are absolutely whacked out. Uh, at, at one point, there there's a scene of of the dude just getting held with you know under some water for like a, a freaking minute. Oh yeah. Like, like holy shit. They had to do that take fifteen that. times. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh, it like like it definitely gets to a certain point where you're like this man is in pain, and there's the shit having him watch the the Nazi stuff at the end uh, or whatever or the middle or whatever with, with the, the with the with his eyes being held open and having the iconic L- Ludwig van playing and then having all that stuff and mixing up in him and and then him having a bad time and and, and almost regretting his his life choices. You know we got to we got to be in the same room as Malcolm McDowell. Oh yeah. I, I got to be five feet away from the guy one time. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Very cool. You gotta Very be cool. careful, you know. He's real squeamish about that time he got drowned on film for a whole minute. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We always like to ask him that when we see him. Uh, really, okay, Malcolm, was that real? Yeah. No, like no matter what, you know take you have on the movie if if it's too much because I can easily see where it would be too much. Uh, very for a lot graphic of film. Very graphic. Um, you can't say that, that was you know that he didn't put it all out there. Oh yeah. And if you want to see him literally put it all out there, go watch Caligula. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah. But, yeah. Clockwork Orange. An impressive ass movie. I never read the book, but uh, fun fun movie to watch. No, I'm kidding. It's not really fun, but it's. It's not a bad movie. It's got pretty colors. It's very peculiar. Yeah. Very... That Stanley Kubrick, he was on something, man. But, uh, yeah, dude. For me, it's, you know, it's a classic. It's a simple, uh, my my favorite movie. Very, very um, beloved film. Uh, some, some could probably say it's the second most beloved film of all time behind Wizard of Oz, at least for children, uh, hmm. being Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Um, yeah. You know, usually when we think of chocolate factories, we think of people's assholes, but... Uh, Those are chocolate factories. But we're talking about the actual um, chocolate that, you know, people eat. Um, ah, yes, the, the less commonly talked about chocolate, I see. Yes, right. See. And, On this podcast. Yes. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I just, I love this movie. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, from the fucking first second when you're watching, like, the chocolate being made, and it's getting drizzled all over, and, like, the conveyor belts and shit. Ah, oh, God, I could have just watched that for an hour. That was therapeutic. But, um, the movie itself isn't too bad either. You know? Yeah, like, after the opening, it definitely, you know, slows down a bit after that chocolate, uh, imagery. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it, it, it carries itself, man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the musical numbers are great. Really, the only thing, you know, I like to talk shit about is Grandpa Joe because he's a piece of shit. 
motherfucker that sleeps in bed for 20 hours, or 20 years, 20 hours, Man. 20 years, and then uh, spends all their fucking money on tobacco, friggin' makes them eat cabbage water, and then uh, friggin' makes his grandkid friggin' run a paper route, and uh, then all of a sudden, oh, we get to go to a free chocolate factory time to dance. Motherfucker was faking it the whole time. Hey, you know, and you see his nails and you realize why the family's poor. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Grandpa Joe had a specific uh, habit. Uh, if you guys can look it up. Look up Grandpa Joe Coke Nails. You'll, you'll know what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, in, you know, but in all seriousness, this film, I've loved it since I, as long as I can remember. Uh, probably because I'm fat. So the thought of chocolate, you know, that just gets me going. <laughs> but also... To, Great film, beautiful film, and a great lesson, you know. Uh, even though Charlie uh, and Grandpa Joe broke the rules, they still win. So I don't know if that tells you, but <laughs> yeah, and the great Gene Wilder, he was just phenomenal. Everything he did was fantastic. Um, oh, right. So you know, they they broke all the rules, and you know, my favorite movies have people breaking all the rules with no repercussions. I say after. The movie where the guy did the horrible things and then horrible stuff happened to him. Oh, that yeah. was my favorite of the year. Dude, um, can you do the Slugworth impression from Willy Wonka? If you give me an everlasting gobstopper, I will give you $10,000. Yeah, you know that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that The Greg heads are laughing right now. He, yeah, oh, you definitely want You know, at the end there. Classic Willy Wonka. Dude, that dude looked terrifying. He reminded me of the um, Nazi guy from... Uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. But that's uh, probably just me. Haven't seen it. Yeah, you gotta watch that movie. That's a classic. Alright. Oh, um, oh, and shout out to Diamonds Are Forever, one of my least favorite James Bond movies. Uh, that was also made in 1971. I know, it's probably one of your favorites. But. Best uh, best song to bad movie ratio, if I do say so yeah. myself. You like the Kanye cover, don't you? Whoa, buddy, whoa. Cover whoa. is a very... The Kanye turn. sample, the Kanye yeah, yeah, but fucking... Nah, nah, I, I, I liked the theme before I even heard the Kanye yeah. thing there. But, I just thought uh, it was too boring for a James Bond theme. I just, I thought it was pretty. Like, like it, was, it got pretty funky for a half second in yeah. the song there, if I recall correctly. Yeah. Um, alright. Uh, it's definitely my second favorite trilogy that I see James Bond theme. But, uh... You know what? We've we've talked a good positive game for the last ten minutes. Let's talk some shit. Let's talk some shit. No, you know, for every um, good song in 1971, at least there was probably one bad song. No, and and you know, it's a, it's a funny thing you worded it exactly that way because this time I only have one bad song. Very good. Um, what is it? I'm not telling. No, no. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, That's the show, fun. guys. <laughs> have a good night, folks. Um, yeah, uh, 18, I'm 18, some some subtitle order of those things by Alice Cooper. <laughs> I fucking, oh man, the first time I heard this, I was coming up with so much bad shit to say about it, and uh, and what that has boiled down to at this point in my life, I do not like it. So, uh, who do you hate more, Alice Cooper or George Thorogood? Ooh, ooh, damn. I mean, both of them did nothing wrong. <laughs> right, the but, human beings themselves are fine. It's just but, their music that they brought onto the world, according to you. Right, I ah man, who who? Okay, so so there's songs that are gonna come on this list 
that people our age are gonna be like, oh yeah, I freaking love those songs, those are classics. And, you know, maybe even the same with some Alice Cooper stuff, but really even what kid is listening to I'm 18 and being like, yeah, I don't know what I want. Like, like every 18-year-old is gonna, is not going to admit that, you know, whatever, whatever silly stuff Alice Cooper's singing about. Right. Uh, man, it's been like a full year since I've heard the song or so, so I'm really hazy on it. I just remember how much I hate it. Well, you know, ever since Steve Carell smoked that one marijuana cigarette and turned into Alice Cooper, it's been over. Oh, yeah. But, uh, oh, yeah. Shout out to that meme. We've referenced it on the show at least five times now. Yeah. Um, dude. Um, Alice Cooper, yeah. You, you should have said more like Alice Pooper. Yeah, yeah, Alice Scooper. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. But, yeah, what, what, what about you? What, what do you not like from 1971? All right, dude. So, like, listen, I'm not one to shit on people's music, like, careers. Like, I don't know. Yeah, it's not. I feel like most artists are capable of putting out decent music. Obviously, otherwise they wouldn't have had a record deal. You know? Yeah. But, there is an album that came out in 1971. And it was called Fly. Mm. And uh, everybody's favorite um, Beatle, Yoko Ono, yes. uh, dropped. Um, Dropped Fly. And I don't know if you've heard Yoko Ono music before. Um, yeah. It's, it's very strange. Um, but there are some hidden gems. And I'm, I'm going to say this. This is both an honorable mention and a dishonorable mention. It doesn't count towards my list. No, but, no, Gregor, you don't some real rigid rules on the Gregor show here. But it is the, it's just like a weird amalgamation of Yoko Ono going, ah, yeah, 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 you know, and then don't worry, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry, as instrumental plays. And, and this song is called Don't Worry, Kyoko, Mummy's Only Looking for Her Hand in the Snow. And no, it's about five and a half minutes of just noise. Um, and me, I, you know, sometimes I'm a glutton for punishment and I enjoy like funny, like I find that if other people are getting irritated, it, it makes me amused, which I know sounds horrible, but you know, listening to this, like if you put this song on and then watch other people's reactions, uh, it's almost funny. Um, and I think that Yoko knew what she was doing. (laughs) I think she, she had an idea. Yeah. Oh yeah, um, she's she was OG troll right there. She, yeah, she, like she is funny as fuck. Like I'm not gonna, you know, um, I'll give her some credit. She, she definitely was like on a what's his name level, Frank Zappa. No, oh, yeah. Somebody will probably sh- sh- like shoot me because I made the comparison of Yoko Ono and Frank Zappa, but Frank uh, Zappa makes pretty music. But you know, and I I listened to more than one song on this album. Um, there was also a song called Toilet Piece. Uh, and it's literally just the toilet flushing for 30 seconds. Actually, I like that one more than uh, Don't Worry, Kyoko. But, um, yeah, so well, now what was the other piece on there? A telephone um, piece. Oh, that's right. 
But that one's pretty funny too. But if you do want to listen to like a really well crafted song, um, Mrs. Lennon is actually not terrible. Um, you know, it was a decent like for for what it was. It was a really good song. Uh, but John Lennon helped produce that. I think he helped produce the whole album. But I, like, I'm not gonna shit on Yoko Ono. Everybody does that already. Like, you know. Yeah, there's that one song she had some some other year that I was like, oh, yeah. but uh, totally forgot it already. We'll come back to it one of these days. But um, it, it definitely, I got a good laugh from it. So thank you, Yoko. Uh, I don't know if that was the intention or not, but no, I, I was we, I was thoroughly amused. We um, find you amusing. Thank you. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah. All righty. All righty. Let's. What? Let's what is your honorable mentions, man? My honorable mentions. I'm excited because I don't know. I just I have a hunch. <laughs> you know, number number one, number fifteen ish. Uh, no, no particular order on the honorables, but uh, stay with me by Faces, led really? by Rod Stewart. You like that song? I do like that. I've told you a bunch of times. I like that song. You know, stay with. Yeah. Stay with me. Right. So I always thought yeah. you were just being uh, like facetious. Oh yeah. Well, I mean that too, because I mean, ah, fucking Rod Stewart's voice. Ah, come on. Ah. <laughs> but, but at the same time, I mean, who else has that voice other than like Brian Adams on a really bad day? Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, they did a song together. Which thing? No. Oh, what was that? The Full House theme? No, All for Love. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Freaking. Um. Yeah. No. This song, at least. It's rocking as fuck, you know, and the last half of it is just a bunch of and rock and roll shit. It's just rock and roll with with a with a bunch of piano and guitar solo shit going on. Uh, and it's and it's, you know, or, orderly enough that's like, alright, they ain't just doing a bunch of dumb shit. It sounds pretty cool. And it's a song about fucking. Yeah. Oh man. So so I, I get down with it. Um and my next one, Bang a Gong Get It On by the T, by the Tyrannosaurus Rex. I also thought you didn't like that song. I do enjoy it. I respect it. I think that there is a very cool style to it with the dude just singing like, oh, you're dirty, sweet, and you're my girl. You know, saying that phrase mm-hmm. ten times in the thing. It's, it's just fucking cool. I mean, I don't know, at least for 1971. Yeah, it's really cool to, to sound like, like this. Whoa, buddy, whoa. Yeah, and then in the chorus, you know, it, but you know, it, there, there's just it's a lot to unpack here. But what I'm getting out of it, but we don't have time for that right now. It was is that it was the move. Uh, nah, but um, yeah, but I, I respect and appreciate it. It'd be a lot nicer if I had heard it on the radio a little less over the years. But ain't that the case with half the songs that I should like a little more? Uh, my next one, Day After Day by Bad Finger. Probably my favorite Bad Finger song. It always reminded me of just like an okay version of Tuesday Afternoon. Like it's an alright Moody Blues song. Uh, but it's a Bad Finger song. And what are they great at? Except uh, sounding like other bands. Sound like the Beatles. But making it really good anyway. Um, so. A little bit of sitar action. Oh, George Harrison produced it, of course. That's why it's so Satari. Nice. He he knew. He knew what to do. Um, but very 
pretty nice and emotional song. I get down with it. Um, my next one, Hocus Pocus by Focus. There it is. I know, surprising. It ain't my number one. Uh, this song kind of has no words in it. It's got like yodeling in it. Uh, it's just a driving ass piece with some some cool solos and just wailing and an accordion and some whistling and all kinds of shit thrown in there and a, just I don't know weird scatting. It, this song's packing everything. There's a live version you can find on YouTube and they're pretty much doing it in like almost twice the speed and it's ridiculous. Like it is a fucking ridiculous song. Check out Hocus Pocus by Focus. Um, <laughs> whatever it was. Yeah, uh, he he does the thing at the end of the the Krusty Krab train video with the it's it's pretty much that yeah you know exactly what I'm talking about it's pretty much that uh, my last honorable mention Out of Space by Billy Preston the great Billy Preston Greg's favorite uh, yeah. this song has some people no have words. called him the Fifth Beatle oh yeah hey he he did the get back. He did get back. Um, but, yeah, no, just a freaking amazing organ, piano, keyboard man. Any of them things that have keys and follow the same basic structure of a damn piano. Um, this centers around that. Got a cool funky beat. Just a driving cool song that's just, you know, waka waka wow. You know, just waka waka. Waka waka. Uh, and, you know, check it out if you haven't heard it. Heard it at a casino a few weeks ago, so I'm like, yeah, I'm not the only one who's bumping to, to out of space. Shout out to casinos. When, when was the last time you won money at a casino? Uh, uh there, there was the time I didn't go with you, you know, I went with the pops. <laughs> exactly. You heard it here first, folks. I've, I've gone four times now and I've lost every time I went, so. Conspiracy? I think so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But yeah, that was that was five of them. Good shit. Yeah. All right, my number fifteen, um, off the legendary album Tapestry, so far away. Not to be confused with the Stained song, so far away, or the Dire Straits song, so far away. This is Carol King, so far away. Um, you guys know it's that uh, really good piano song. Uh, is it Nickelback so far away? Oh, no, that's <laughs> far away. Ah. Uh. Yeah. This is that so far away. Doesn't anybody stay in one place anymore? It would be so fine to see your face in my But, uh, you know, there's that yearning, there's that missing, that person that's just not there. And, uh. Yeah, you know, yeah, I love it. But. Yeah, just Carol King, what a monster. Like, she just fucking nailed it. And she had, like, a really prominent um, songwriting career before this, uh, before Tapestry. You know, her and uh, Jerry Goff, and they wrote a bunch of shit back in the day. Um, no, there's a couple of read, like, cover-ish things on the, uh, on the Tapestry there that she um, had made for other artists and then, then made herself and shit. Good, good shit. You know, and, and you've got a friend, and it's too late. I feel the earth move. Like, you know, any of them could have easily uh, also made the list, but I just, so far away, I, I fucking love that song so much. Uh, uh, what was, what was Stay With Me? Remember was that? 
Well, yeah, fifteen. Okay, like, well, I mean, but I, yeah, I mean, they're honorables. I, I don't right, put right. them in any order. It's funny because my number fourteen is Maggie May, also by Rod Stewart. Wake uh, up, Maggie. Hmm. I think I got something. something to say to you. It's late September and I really should be back at school. Fucking love this song. Yeah. Um, on the album version, there's this like forty-five second, um, like baroque ish uh guitar just you know riffing and uh i fucking love it man if you haven't listened to it go check it out and you know this is like a lot of people's introduction to rod stewart i mean that stay with me song you know those are pretty much the big introductions to rod stewart um great fucking song um you know he's one of those guys uh, Rod Stewart's one of those guys that he just—I don't know—I feel like he's polarizing because there's some stuff that he puts out. I'm like, ah, I fucking can't stand it. But then other stuff he puts out, I'm like, man, I fucking love that shit. Uh, I, you know, I guess that's a lot of artists, but Rod Stewart sticks out in my head because, no, nah, no, he's got no. some great shit. And uh, yeah, it's funny because that "Reason to Believe" song that's also on that album, "Every Picture Tells a Story." Um, that's one of those songs that I feel like you could just put on a fucking loop over and over again and people wouldn't know when it began or ended. Yeah. <laughs> but, because uh, it just, yeah, it just keeps going over and over again. Um, I'm probably going to get some flack for this one because my number 13, uh, you know, some people might have even put this as their number one. I mean, they might put any song as their number one. But um, Riders on the Storm. You know this one from uh, Need for Speed Underground 2. Also from, you know, The Doors. Um, Riders on the Storm. This was actually the last song that Jim Morrison recorded. Uh, then he went to France and died a few weeks later. Oh, damn. Um, I thought Lover Madly was the was the last one. I, uh, huh. Well, we'll have, to, we'll have to have the fact checkers uh, see which, uh, which of us... But but you might be right. You might be right. I thought I had read the other day that it was that was the other one. Huh. But really. But I you know yeah. I don't know. That's but what Riders I. Riders on the storm definitely cre- uh, paints a more epic picture as a as a guy's last song he ever uh, recorded. Yeah, dude. So I definitely can see you know. Um, but but. Cause yo, this is that song that it's funny when I start the beginning of it, I can't tell if it's Stand by Eminem or Riders on the Storm. I have to give it like 10 seconds. Because yeah. it's just that fucking rain at the beginning. Which, uh, dude, I fucking love that shit. I could listen to rain, like, outside. Like, it's just very therapeutic. I just don't want to drive in it. Hmm. Well, you were having a great time driving in it today. Yeah. <laughs> Some guy comments, the doors are better than the Beatles on this uh, thing. Oof. But, uh, ouch. Ouch. But, man, it's funny because, you know, um, Jim, Jim Morrison, his voice is very, like, yeah, and um, I just, I don't know, I had a hard time believing he was 27. Oh, yeah, he... You know, he sounded like a man in his 40s. Yeah, hey, I've, uh, I've made the, the funny before, uh, like, what, the Roadhouse Blues, he yeah. he sounds like a 62-year-old as a 27-year-old. Right. But, God, what a fucking great song, you know, I, I love The Doors, man. I love them madly, get it, because... You know, Love her madly. <laughs> you get it. Which is also um, on this album. But uh, yeah, shout out to the Doors. Uh, rest in peace, Jim Morrison, 27 Club. 
Another one bites the dust. Uh, number 12. Um, Superstar by the Carpenters. Um, this song is fucking fantastic. Uh, the beginning of it sounds like The uh, World Is Not Enough by Garbage, uh, which is uh, one of my favorite James Bond themes of all time. But uh, this is the one that, you know, Don't you remember you told me you loved me, baby? Um, fucking love it, man. No, that Karen Carpenter, she was she was fantastic. But uh, yeah, you know, the Carpenters, one of those bands that they, they just fucking came out and like nailed it. Uh, freaking voice like butter. But um, no, yeah, it's, it's a good ass song right there. You know, it kind of reminds me of So Far Away. It's kind of the same idea. You know, she's listening to the guy on the radio and um. Just a, another song about longing and like, where are you? Don't you remember you told me you love me, baby? You said be coming back this way again, baby. I love you, I really do. And uh, what a beautiful instrumental. Um, you know, I don't know. They knew what they were doing. The producers knew what they were doing. Um, what's my number eleven? Uh, another great fucking song. Like these are all great songs, but uh, that's my catchphrase. If you guys had a drinking game where Every time I said this is a great song, you'd probably die. But, um, long cool woman in a in a black dress, the Hollies. Uh, this is probably the coolest sounding song. Uh, no, at yeah. least that opening fucking riff, man. Uh, but I, I call it the NASCAR song because it was in uh, Dewey Cox or not Dewey Cox, uh, Talladega Nights, the Ballad of Ricky Bobby. And you know, now that I think about it, the the, the riff they uh, use in with the guitar there almost mm -hmm. sounds like a like a faster version of "Get It On, Bang a Gong." Probably was. Nah, I mean they're definitely distinct, but you know, I'm getting the you know that was like a combo of the two right there. But, but yeah, this is like a you know it's a song basically guys on a stakeout with the FBI and. Uh, Friggin', um, he's checking this woman out, and she's singing a song, and she's a long, cool woman in a black dress. Five nine, beautiful, tall. With just one look, he was a bad mess, because that long, cool woman had it all. And, uh, you know, it's just a friggin' crazy song. Everybody's, uh, everybody's going ape shit, and that woman friggin', uh, Killing it, so just I don't know the Hollies. I love the Hollies. They had some great shit, but uh, yeah, dude, fucking that was my number eleven. Number eleven. Alrighty, let's jump into the number ten. Yeah, dude, what is your number ten, Arena? Number ten. What you see is what you get by the Dramatics. A very uh, Motowny kind of style uh, soul song. Uh, freaking, you got a bunch of guys just singing with the deep voices in the high pitch, and you know, making it all come together, freaking in style. Um, you know, what do they mean by when they say some people are made of plastic and some people are made of wood? Uh, you know. So that they can rhyme and say some people are up to no good. 
and then uh, and then go ha like ten times in the song and yeah. you know freaking I'm for real I'm as real as real can get if what you're looking for is good intentions then what you see is what you get and it's just you know saying what you see is what you get and hyping hyping themselves up that that they're you know the real deal and ain't ain't gonna lie and and you know very very simple very common sentiment uh but it sounds freaking fantastic it is an absolute favorite of mine for the past few years listen to it here and there it's been on the regular brendan rotation and i just fucking love it y'all should check it out uh yeah that's my number 10 hell yeah my number 10 indian reservation um paul revere and the raiders you know this one Cherokee people, Cherokee tribe, so proud to live, so proud to die. And, uh, man, what a great fucking song. Um, great keyboarding, you know? Yeah. I love that fucking keyboard sound. Uh, this was a big year for keyboards. Keyboard music. But, um, yeah, Paul Revere and the Raiders, man, they freaking just knocked it out of the park with this one. Uh, this is one of those iconic songs, man. I remember, you know, hearing it as a kid. I was like, man, this sounds fucking cool, man, with the build up and the, you know, just all the instruments coming together with the drum, fucking. Oh yeah. But uh, yeah, man, they they fucking went hard on that one. But uh, yeah, fucking love it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Alrighty. Uh, num- number nine, jumping in number nine, um, Life on Mars, question mark, by David Bowie. The Bower. Bower, yeah, could've put changes on here. Sure could've. Could've done that, and I would not. Over this one, at least, at the very least, over Life on Mars, frickin' beautiful-ass arrangement, lyrics revolving around like, uh, frickin'... Ah, shit, what, what was I uh, about to set? Perspective. Perspective. And uh, putting shit into that. Um, fucking, I uh, made sure to screenshot the lyrics and everything. But just painting a really sad picture. Um, <laughs> yeah, right it's definitely the, not a happy song. You know, throughout the entire thing. You know, uh, you know about like a girl with no uh, friends to turn to and a family isolating her, and uh, you know all she's got to look at a, you know, is a is a screen in a movie she's seen before, and uh, fucking sad sad image. And then you know talking about America and society and how ridiculous it is and is their life on Mars, and uh, and Mickey fucking, Mouse. You know, take a look at the lawman beating up the wrong guy. Oh man, wonder if he'll ever know he's in the best-selling show. And and that's fun. That is fun. And just you know, question some real, some real uh, imagery going on. Fucking uh, yeah. I, I don't know, but it ends gorgeously. I absolutely love the whole you know beginning to end arrangement of it just freaking slaps and the melody of the chorus is iconic and I get down with it absolutely best 
song on the hunky dory. Good, good, good job, late uh, David Bowie. Uh, what, what about you? What about number nine? For me, number nine. Um, you know, he he drops Lennon's name in uh, Life on Mars. That's right. So he does. my number nine could only be one song. Uh, not Yoko Ono, but John Lennon. Imagine, I know that I'm going to get shit on for this because some people are screaming at the iPod right now or whatever. And they're like, you motherfucker, that's the best song of all time. Uh, oh, yeah. But, you know, I don't know. It, it, it's all my taste. And my taste is just like, eh, yeah, I, I like the song. It's it's a great song, but at the same time... Uh, now, now, where do you think it appeared on my list? Probably going to say number three. But, uh, you know, uh, you know, I almost put Happy Xmas War is over. God, I love that fucking song. I just, I eat it right up. Yeah, it's a good every fucking time. song. You know, that John Lennon, yeah. he's like, I make pretty art, eat it up, and then I eat it up. And then but, he eat it up. But, Phil Spector, man. But, um, Phil Spector produced uh, this song. Oh, shit, I believe it. Comedian Phil Spector. Oh, man. But yeah, no, I don't have Imagine on my list. Really? Well, hey, no. you know what? That's fine. That means that uh, you guys can be mad at Brennan now. But That's right. I got hot takes, guys. Yeah. Um, this is, you know, this is the peace song. This is the love and peace song. Uh, everybody's covered it. I know that there was that one cover last year that all the celebrities did that people were like, yeah, that's not appropriate. But uh, I like the song. You know, I just, I've heard it a billion trillion times. I probably don't have to listen to it ever again. And I've heard it, you know, I've heard it my fair share and your share. But. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But it's, you know. Imagine all the people who've uh, had to hear it. A million times. A million times. It's like he says. You may say I'm a dreamer, but I'm not. <laughs> all right. It's number. The only one. All right. What? All right. Number eight. Uh, number eight. Number eight. Roundabout by Yes. Oh, from the meme video. From the meme. Hey, jo- JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Yeah, you ever watch the credits? There it is. That's 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 my justification for putting it at number eight. Yeah. Do you nah, like this song or Owner of a Lonely Heart more? Uh, you know, I, I might hand it to Roundabout a little bit more. You know, it's it's definitely got the whole thing that I have the tiny gripe with Prague music, where they're so preoccupied with just arranging things with wacky time signatures and shit that it's you know. They, they were too uh, concerned with whether they could uh, question whether they should uh, uh, hear whatever the uh, quote is. That That's my take on prog. I'd um, say that Roundabout's my third favorite Yes song. I've seen All Good People's my number two, but Owner of a Lonely Heart's just such a good fucking song. You know, I was going to say, you know, as a kid, I freaking hated I've seen All Good People. Really? It just, like, I don't the know. It never, never translated to me because it was just... Like, how the fuck do I count this? And also, the, the repetition of the, the note that they're all singing on, and like, you know, is it even a harmony if they're all just singing the same damn note a bunch of times? I mean, I guess, because there's more than one. Yeah, no, it, about that's a whole other thing oh, to get into. But, but roundabout, at least, it's got the old, you know, at least it's not a 20-minute one. <laughs> Like like they have been prone to do, or you know, at least ten minutes or whatever. But it's a reasonable, freaking uh, what seven, eight, eight minutes or something yeah. like that. <laughs> so so that that in my opinion is like just enough to hold my attention the entire time, uh, especially because there's so much shit going on. And of course, 
the damn, the, you know, you know, and the, because every time funny. I hear the beginning of it, I only think of it as uh, from the beginning, uh, Emerson Lake Palmer. Oh, yeah. Hey, the great kids already know that because I mentioned that in the 1974 episode. I think. And you can't go wrong with a baroque flamenco guitar intro thing. All right. Can't go wrong, but just variety out the ass on this song, and then I do love it. Very good. That was number eight. Number eight. Uh, this is another great fucking song. Um, you know, this song has been covered by everybody from uh, Limp Bizkit to I don't know who else covered it, but Limp Bizkit covered <laughs> it. Behind Blue Eyes by The Who. Um, you guys know this one. No one knows what it's like to be the bad man, to be the sad man, behind blue eyes. And it's, it's a fun fucking song. And this song goes everywhere, you know. It starts off as very soft, uh... Like a sad song, and then it fucking just goes into turbo mode, you know, fucking crazy, and uh, yeah. you know, like the Who always does. The Who makes their noises, but uh, I love that fucking song, man. Behind Blue Eyes, and then it, you know, it goes and does that build up, then it immediately comes back down to earth. Um, you know, I I could have put fucking, uh, you know, what was this off of? Who's next? No, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just... Uh, nah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I like nah. Behind Blue Eyes more than uh, Who Are You and Won't Get Fooled Again. No, oh, yeah. Fool me three times. Fool me three times, baby. Oh, and Bob O'Reilly. Sorry, not uh, Who Are You. I, I love Bob O'Reilly. You'll probably have Bob O'Reilly if I could wager a guess. But, um... Yeah, but, but then again, I might have the... Yeah! No. Yeah. I if, I, if I own some good sunglasses, you know that. That would be yeah. way up there, though. Shout out to CSI for the memes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, behind blue eyes. I mean, what can I say that hasn't already been said? I have blue eyes. Hmm. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, so, you know, and, and your brain is right behind them. That's right. Shout out to the brain. Uh, number eight. Or seven, sorry. Number eight or seven. You know, number eight. Let's go roundabout again. <laughs> uh, number seven. I Feel the Earth Move by Carol King. Uh, just an absolute fun love song rocker. Uh, you know, very much the sound that you can see influenced the Todd Rundgren the following year. Shout out to Mary Roach from American Idol. Yeah. You remember that video? No. Her audition, she's the lady in the red dress. Oh. Uh, well, let's watch it right now. I feel the sky to Belinda. She was like, <laughs> and they were like, no. And then she fucking went on a whole rant. That's fun. That is fun. She was one of the OG pioneers. Man. At least she wasn't singing uh, Superstition or Somewhere Over the Rainbow or the House of the Rising oh, Sun or God. the other two one other audition song that ever happens mm -hmm. um but yeah yeah nah just you know what more can I say about Tapestry absolutely fantastic it is almost impossible to choose a favorite song from that thing because it is a monster made by a monster and that's a very heavy compliment that's we, we only call people we love monsters 
except the ones that we hate. But we distinguish during the podcast. Um, but yeah, nah, just some some rocking ass piano, and 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 I get down, right. and and I feel the earth move under my feet, and the sky tumbling down and so forth. I don't like the thought of the sky tumbling down though. Yeah, you know, like like. Like when people say, you know, reach up and touch the sky and shit, you know, who who's really coming in contact with the sky? Hey, you never know, man. You know? Shout out to astronauts. Oh yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, good shit. Oh yeah, Num- number seven. Yeah. Well, she's all you ever want. She's the kind of lot to flaunt and take to dinner. Well, she always knows a place. She's got style. She's got grace. She's a weeder. <laughs> She's a lady, Tom Jones. Uh, what a great song, you know. He loves his lady. She is the lady. Yeah. Uh, we don't know what she's name is, but uh, she is a lady, and that lady is his allegedly. Um, Paul Anka wrote this song, so um, Paul Anka has contributed to a lot of horrible music that I've heard at specific locations in my life, but we won't go there. Um. Anyways, yes. Uh, shout out to friend of the show, Jeremy. He knows Palanka. <laughs> but um, I fucking love this song, man. This song just fucking starts out, freaking crazy ass guitar. And uh, come on, it's Tom fucking Jones, baby. Like this guy's eighty years old. He's still putting out records. He's freaking uh, killing it, man. But uh, I don't know. If you don't have this song on your list, I'm gonna be very, very surprised. Yeah, you know, you you might be surprised. I, yeah, I guess it's a. I, I I didn't even think about that one, but you know, I, I yeah. guess it, it probably would have been an honorable mention, I suppose. TJ, man, TJ, Tommy Jones, T, TJ, TJ. Shout out to the TJ, but uh, I guess, me. yeah, dude. I, I guess, yeah, man. Yeah. Number uh, uh, six. Number six. What's going on, by Marvin Gaye? Oh, yeah. uh, absolute banger of an entire album title track here. What's going on? Um, do you like this song or um, got I gotta give it up uh, where they have the people talking in the background? Yeah, I More. Mean, as, as far as ones that are ta- that have people talking in the background goes, you know, it's gotta give it up is definitely a lot heavier subject matter. Uh, so I understand that. Nah, but, but what's going on? Another perspective piece. Absolutely freaking beautiful. Uh, just talking about war is not the answer for love. Only love can conquer hate. And, I mean, other than that, you know, there, there ain't too much, uh, you know, other than just, you know, heal the, heal the racial divide with love. And ain't that a beautiful sentiment? Um... Yeah, uh, but but just absolutely arrangement-wise, freaking gorgeous, as I said. You can't listen to this song and not feel like thinking and and just, you know, frowning and smiling and feeling, you know, sad and every other emotion uh, just from a relatively short lyric listing. Oh, yeah. No, Marvin Gaye had a way, man. He, uh, he knew what he was talking about. All uh, right. They, he, he's putting out some visions with the song Much Love and Respect to It Number 6 
dude. Fucking man. What a piece of shit his dad was for killing him. Yeah. Taking, taking the man from the world. Yeah, But, uh, yeah. Good shit. Um, my number six. Vincent. I know. This could have went either way, but, um, I had, had to give it to, uh, Don McLean. Vincent. Story, story night. You know that one. Oh, yeah. Had a, uh, had Country a couple of art classes, multiple that they had me listen Look to. Look out in. on a summer's day, that the, no, the darkness in my soul. Uh, it's just a really nice, like, song about Vincent Van Gogh. And, uh, you know, he actually wrote this song uh, after he wrote a book about Van Gogh. And, uh, it's played daily at the Van Gogh Museum in Amsterdam. Van Gogh Museum in Amsterdam. Yeah. That's, that's Alabama fun. Slammer. Yeah, see that five times fast. But, yeah, just a beautiful fucking song. Um, I know that people will probably be like, yo, you fuck, fuckhead, like you didn't have America Pie. But, nah. you know, this this is a song that people need to hear. Like, if you haven't heard this song, go, go listen to it. Yeah, um, yeah, one song came from the heart, the other came from the napkin, you know? That's right. <laughs> that's exactly no, but um, my senior trip, high school. People don't know this because this isn't really something I'm going to talk about, you know, to people randomly. Um, I listened, like, I fell asleep every night on the trip to this song, and I would just play it on a loop because it was so relaxing, and, like, I was so wound up from the day, like, you know, because it was a fucking lit trip. So this was, like, the only thing that, like, I would keep on rotation. And uh, it got me going, man. So, shout out to uh, Don McLean and shout out to this song because what a great fucking song and um, what a tragic life that Vincent Van Gogh lived. So, yeah, you know, cut off his ear. At least uh, his ear stood no chance. Yeah, but uh, I think he would have appreciated the song. Oh yeah. That brings us to our top five, man. That brings us to our top five. Number five. Famous Blue Raincoat by Adam Sandler himself, Leonard Cohen. Um, this song is uh, backed by just a guitar, if I recall correctly. Uh, and is very intimate and kind of as discomforting as it is comforting in its own same exact way he has got a way with freaking poetry this song is a whole ass poem with little callbacks verbally and entire phrase wise but uh, pretty much just like a love triangle he writes to a uh, to a subject that he refers to as my brother my killer Pretty much laying claim to a lost love and writing to uh, to the man at hand. Uh, you know, it begins, it's four in the morning, the end of December, I'm writing you now just to see if you're better. And, you know, it, it just is absolutely descriptive as hell and sets such a mood, it is a journey. And he ends the song um, with the with the phrase sincerely L. Cohen and who does that in a song? Whoever does that in a song? 
I respect that. And also for some reason or whatever, it just makes it makes it slap right at the end there. Uh, just by having a signature. Like, like what even? So I, I get down with it for its originality, poeticness, and just freaking hell yeah. Give it a listen, everybody. Oh, yeah. My number five, that's the way I've always heard it should be, Carly Simon. Uh, Carly Simon, I think, is one of the more underrated uh, musicians of her time. Um, I mean, I know. Everybody knows fucking Mockingbird and You're So Vain. Uh, but, but she's so more than that. And uh, this was her introduction you know, this she she came out and this is the lead single from her first album. Uh, beautiful fucking song. Uh, you know, it starts in on this uh, classical piano, and uh, it's just a song about like you know, lives her life. Her parents have this tension. You know, they're going through a broken marriage, and uh, she's got this pressure from this guy who's like, let's get married. And, uh, you know, all, all our friends are married and, like, you know, shit, shit doesn't go well. She's like, hey, you know, by the end of it, she, uh, she succumbs to the pressure. And, you know, she's like, all right, let's get married. But um, just a really beautiful song. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Most 27-year-old dudes probably aren't, aren't listening to this song right now, but. I don't know, I think it's, yeah. a, it's a very complex and emotionally uh, charged song. All you need is one, you know. Yeah. But, good, good shit. Good shit. Blah. Number four. Uh, Tiny Dancer by Elton John. I have a feeling we're going to be hearing about this one later. Um, but absolutely freaking ethereal airy ass song um probably probably top top couple elton john songs easy for me at least and i i would speak for most people on that uh what, what was it almost famous it was in that a time or two uh it was in half the car rides we've gone on you know you were there um, but... I'm not gonna skip it on the damn, you know... Oh, you, you can't? I can't. You can't it's the law. It. It's the law. Uh, you know, everyone's... We love the, the law of the regular show. <laughs> we love the law of the regular show. It's the old catchphrase. Oh, yeah. Throw, throwing it back. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, everyone's heard the, the Hold Me Closer Tony Danza joke. Uh, and, you know, and we'll still make it to this day. Because you, you know, you, you can't skip that. You can't skip the song. You can't skip the joke. Um, but yeah, no. Absolutely beautiful time. Um, yeah. There, there, there's my number four. How about you? Day After Day. Bad Finger. There you go. I think that's yeah. our first repeat. But there it is. Oh, shit, man. Yeah, I, I've been pulling out all the, all the other stuff. <laughs> Looking out from my lonely room. Day after day, bring it home, baby, make it soon, I give my love to you. Just a great fucking song, and, uh, you know, like you said, it's, they're basically the Beatles, the, the Beatles, but, mm, but The Beatles, yes. Yes, the Beatles. Um, 
what a beautiful fucking song. You know, you got a little bit of sitar action. Uh, that's where the George Harrison stuff comes in. Um, but yeah, you know, this is one of those songs that my, my earliest introduction to, to Badfinger was uh, No Matter What. But um, this is also my favorite Badfinger song. Of course, um, Baby Blue came out on the same album. Uh, and that was in uh, Breaking Bad, I think. That was an episode of Breaking Bad. Baby that's, Blue Breaking Bad. Yeah. That's where everybody kind of discovered that song. But that's a great fucking song as well. If uh, you haven't listened to that, go go check out those two songs. Because uh, they're, they're both great. But just day after day, what a phenomenal song. Yeah. I... Um, what's your number three, man? This Breaking is... Bad Finger. Um, exactly. Number three. <laughs> Controversial because it's not number one. Uh, Stairway to Heaven. You know, I almost put Black Dog on here, which I think is a freaking banging opener. I mean, how do you really choose one off of Led Zeppelin 4? Mm. Although, although, Stairway to Heaven, I mean, come on. A lot of people say it's the greatest song ever made. If they ain't saying Bohemian Rhapsody, is it? Oh, the Bohemian saying, Rap City. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, check out uh, what what was it? Top Music Channel. <laughs> yeah, dude. Let's plug them. <laughs> they uh, sure know what uh, music is. If you want to get a headache, look up their uh, t- t- hundred best uh, bands and hundred best songs of all time. But uh, Stairway to Heaven, uh, freaking epic song. Everyone on Earth and their and their grandmother has heard it. Um, I saw some person's wall or dresser or something and they had the lyrics if there's a bustle in your hedgerow don't be alarmed now it's just a spring clean for the May Queen Right. Uh, like, what, of all the words in the song to have that on something <laughs> when the, the she is, that? is in the kitchen right <laughs> Like that's, that's what I'm getting out of it but nah just freaking you know much like some of the other songs I've had on here it's a whole ass poem god yeah um, Very similar in the style of uh, the olden times, you know, like pre-Baroque shit, uh, like Scarborough Fair, that kind of shit. Oh, yeah. Scarborough uh, Fair can tickle. Yeah, I live for that shit, man. Like, that's my favorite type of, well, that's not my favorite type of, but... Great. You heard it I, here, folks. It's Greg's favorite type I of music. I love that fucking sound, dude. I just, I love it. No, well, there's something very fancy, some very classy fancy... About it, you you just feel like a peasant. It's like a Renaissance fair, man. It's like a fucking. It's like listening to a Renaissance fair. Oh yeah, and then you got the damn end of the song is just a bunch of guitar solo shit going on, is rocking, and and you can't not at least respect it. Exactly. Um, but yeah, oh, yeah. Hair, hairway to Stephen. We love hairway to Stephen. Ah shit, what? Well, what was that? I, uh, that was uh, one of those uh, Butthole Surfers albums, I think. Something yeah, like that. Probably. That's very yeah. funny. Oh, yeah. Shout out to the Butthole Surfers. They like to go to the Chocolate Factory. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> number, yeah, uh, it's, uh, number three. Number three, dude. I'm one step behind you. Tiny yeah. Dancer. Oh. Elton John. This is my favorite Elton John song, you know. Um... Blue jean baby, LA lady, seems for the back end. Fucking love it, man. Hold me closer, tiny dancer. 
So I just, I just fucking got love that song. Um, he he goes all out. He didn't have to go that hard for us, but he did. And uh, what you know? What more can I say that you didn't already say in your your review? Um, no, God, I fucking love that song. So real, lying here with no one near, only you. And, and you, you can, can hear, hear me, and I say um, softly, slowly. Alright, that just. You know, when he's singing that whole bit, that, that's just setting a freaking mood right oh, yeah. there. That's a build-up song right there. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, dude. So, you know. Number three, Tiny Dancer. Tony Dancer. Number three. What's uh, the number two? Number two. Now, now you know, the balance of objectivity and what Brendan thinks is the good shit. Well, well here's a one that I freaking personally adore. Uh, one of these things first by Nick Drake, and uh, I know the the Nick Drake is um, one of those names that's gotten uh, quite the popularity boost as the years go on. A lot of the the young folks I know have gone back into the into the annals and listened to his three albums, as have I, or at least just a few songs. I mean, it's it's mostly just some really down. Super sad stuff. I think the guy spent some horrible amount of time at home in just a depressed slump and pretty much died of depression or something. I I, I forget he uh, what exactly his story was, but it was sad as fuck. But his music, I mean, his voice ain't the best, but he can absolutely write a thing and make you relax for days and feel all the emotions from him not even changing his voice and inflection up that much. Yeah, I'll just have a fucking song. No, but, you know, it's another perspective song that's just about, I, I could be this, I should be this, I would be. Coulda, uh, shoulda, coulda, woulda. Shoulda, coulda, woulda. Uh, um, and, you know, it's just the entire album that this is on, Brighter Later, is one of my absolute favorite ever. Just got a bunch of gorgeous arrangements of things that are really quiet like very quiet stuff, but uh, it was said that he was trying to go for a pet sounds vibe, just uh, letting the people helping him with production arranging all out on shit, uh, while keeping subtleties and whatnot. And there's just a beautiful plant piano solo in here, intricate guitar stuff, a weird drum rhythm that is quiet as hell. Uh, it's just a very quirky song by a quirky man, and I absolutely love it. Uh, one of these things first. By Nick Drake, check it out. Sweet, yeah, it sounds like a happy, fun time. Oh yeah. Uh, like I said, I'm one step behind you. Uh, my number two is Stairway to Heaven. Yeah. Hairway to Stephen, man. There's a lady who's sure all that glitters is gold, and she's buying the stairway to heaven. But yeah, man, fucking love it. You know, just all the all the instruments, the friggin' uh, was that a flute at the beginning? Of it? Oh yeah, yeah so man. it's a few, it's a couple of flutes or yeah. something. They they knew what they were doing. Those, those fucking guys, they, that Led Zeppelin man, they they knew what they're talking about. But uh, what a beautiful fucking song! That's that's one of those songs that man, like I don't know. Sometimes I just fucking cry listening to it. I yeah, know that's oh, yeah. that's pretty bad, but uh, hey, you know I. Uh, 
Uh, I don't have time to cry. That's right. Uh, yeah, we don't have the time to cry. But, uh, <laughs> what a fucking beautiful you, song. Your man cries all day. Oh, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know how they did it. I mean, I know that they stole it from that spirit, Taurus. Uh, oh, yeah. But, uh, you know. You know I, I got to do an arrangement of it for jazz band. I know. I saw that live. It was pretty, pretty cool. It was very cool. Should have had uh, Robert Plant uh, go up there. Oh, yeah. It's 90 year old. I mean, I know he's not 90. Well, man, he's getting He's there. not 90, Bernie. He's getting there. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, but yeah, yeah, she's buying a stairway to heaven, man. And she's buying. You know, some people would say it's the greatest rock song of all time, and I wouldn't argue with them. But uh, there's one song from 1971 I just like a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, and we'll see if uh, you can guess it. A little bit, a uh, little bit more? Yeah, just a little bit more. A little bit, alright, alright. Uh, my number one, Baba O'Reilly, by the whom. Yeah, man, I knew yeah, it. Yeah, that's my number one. I you knew know? it. And and much like any good song, it's an Wait, entire... Wait, don't you mean Teenage Wasteland? Oh, yeah, yeah. Many, many dedicated fans to this day still call it Teenage Wasteland. And that's okay. That's okay because it's funny. <laughs> and, um, Just like Bob Marley sings, don't worry, be happy. That's right. Chad, <laughs> if you haven't heard it before, don't worry, be happy by Bob Marley. Um, yeah, nah, Bob O'Reilly, just, you know, I don't know, a weird-ass intro. Everyone knows the intro. No other song sounds like it. Did it have to go for the entire amount of time that it did? No. It did not. Not one bit. Did I ever tell you about the video we made in history where we uh, fucking put the intro uh, in the beginning of our video and it took up two minutes of fucking time? Like, that is fantastic. And then there's the whole bit in Family Guy where Peter's karaoke and the song <laughs> and they do the entire opening of it. Right. And it's like, like that's that's what I'm most thank, thankful for about the opening yeah. is that it can be, if it's used as a joke, I permit it all day. Right. Um, but just absolutely banger and the ending of it is build-up-y as fuck. Um, it's probably the epitome of stadium rock. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, freaking you! You got what a, an oboe or something, and and uh, making all the well, what would you even call that? Uh, cool, not uh, not English, not American sounding music, and all the strings and shit uh, that, that they got going on, and fucking I don't know. It, it is gorgeous. And I don't even I don't even get what it's what the song's about because it's only words for, for like a minute. <laughs> oh, yeah. But but they get it done. Absolutely love it. Iconic song. Teenage Wasteland. Shout out to Teenage Wasteland by <laughs> The Who. Yeah. But uh, how about you, bro? What's uh, what's uh? This what's, is a song I'm gonna be surprised you even have on your top fifteen. Not the, even like an honorable mention. Not even, yeah. You get one guess. Uh, well, I'm looking back in my uh, in my unused songs, and, and you know what? I don't know what it is. Yep. 
Mr. Harry Nelson. Oh, damn it, I knew it. Oh, man, before we even did the podcast, I just forgot it wasn't. But yes. Put a song out in 1971, uh, cover of a Bad Finger song, which uh, I didn't really care for that version. But. um, (laughs) I can't live if living is without you. I can't live, I can't give anymore. I can't live if living is without you. You know, he gets into it. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna lie, man. As a kid, I was a fucking idiot. I thought the dude was like an opera singer or some shit. I was like, man, this guy's fucking going to town. But uh, what a great fucking song, man. Really sad, but uh, you know, some people say it's a haunted song. I don't know, but um, I do know this. It's the record it's on is um, the greatest name for a record of all time. Uh, and I don't think anything will beat the name of the record. Nilsson Schmilson. Uh, and I think no, he came up with that. I, I hope so. I hope he came up with Nilsson Schmilson. Yeah, but uh, also on this album was Coconut. You know, the Coconut song. Oh, yeah. As yeah. made famous by uh, uh, Schneider. Fred Rob, Schneider. Rob Schneider's brother, Fred Schneider. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, you know, ever. Uh, People probably know the Mariah Carey version better. It's the same song, but they're probably more familiar with the Mariah Carey version. But what a great fucking song, man. Uh, you know, this guy just fucking, he, he goes all out. and Like, what a voice. But, uh, yeah, dude, fucking love this song. Oh, yeah. Harry Nelson, man, he, he put out some good shit in his time. He was one versatile MF. Yeah, he was good friends with the Beatless. A lot of connection to the Beatles, you know. Oh yeah. This episode. Know, well, well, directly following the '60s, you know, you you really wouldn't think that uh, there'd be any lingering connections between the Beatles and the outside world, right? But, uh, but yeah, no, no, that's uh, that's a good ass year. Me, it's a good album year. Yeah, dude, great fucking year. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Is there anything else you want to talk about before we uh, get off that one? Uh, 1971 give give it a listen guys yeah. give the year a listen it's like I always say man 1971 more like 1970 fun am I right that's right I never leave my house without my 1970 gun alright alright uh, but yeah you good you all set I'm, I'm all set I'm, I'm down to I'm down to shut her down alrighty shut her down like Charlie Brown um, shout out to all the Greg heads, man. We, uh, we love you. We miss you. And thank you for listening. Um, you know, we, we are, uh, brought to you in part by viewers like you. So, so it means a lot. And, uh, I hope you had as much fun listening to this as I had making it. Cause, uh, it was kind of fun making it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> we, we always have a wonderful time at the regular show. Uh, so, you know, be cool, man. And, uh, Enjoy the summer. It's it's almost like the summertime, baby. So, fuck yeah. Yeah, baby. Um, go go fucking like do some mini golfing or some shit. Something um, like that. Yeah. Um. Alrighty, guys. Seacrest out. <laughs>